Hello folks, this is Jamie Eichel with runningrestaurants.com. I've got a great five question with episode for you today with Sean Werner, founder and publisher of Entrepreneurial Chef. Here we go. All right, Sean, first things first, why a digital publication in this day and age? You know, I did a lot of research leading up to launching Entrepreneurial Chef and there, there was a lot of data to suggest that print was slowly dying and it, it had a little bit of a waterfall happening to it where just a lot of people were stopping their subscriptions. And then there was this increase in digital. But I also saw that the increase in digital was a little stagnant and it was going to level off. And same thing with print. Print was going to fall, but it was going to level off. There's still going to be people that want print and there's going to be people that want digital. So um, I decided based upon that information that it was going to be digital only. Another part of me wanted to be as green friendly as possible. <laughs> Believe it or not, I didn't want just a bunch of magazines printed. And, and the third reason was that it was the fastest way to validate an idea that I had without a very high level investment. From a print standpoint, it can be very costly to produce a magazine, just the setup fees alone. And in order for you to get a great weight rate, you have to do thousands of copies. So from a digital standpoint, all I had to do was get the content aggregated, get a designer, I built the website myself and the landing page and did some of the marketing kind of materials. And from there, put it up to see if anybody was interested. So it was a very low cost way to validate an idea before I started injecting capital into the business. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see the magazine, and I'm going to encourage everyone to absolutely go and see it. it, it looks beautiful. It's a great layout. It looks like a magazine. It just happens to be on your computer screen. And uh, it looks, otherwise it looks exactly like that. And yeah, absolutely. The speed to market, the green friendly, completely get that. And the cost to print and mail out is, is, uh, is cumbersome. So what I find interesting, the, the process of doing the magazine is letting you meet a whole ton of really interesting people. So you've met them, you're getting the opportunity to get their perspectives on the industry and what's going on from these in the industry pros. What would you kind of pull out as a couple key uh, insights, lessons, ideas that people are sharing with you recently? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that absolutely shocked me was that when I started connecting with some very high level individuals, and I won't say their names per se, but very, very, very high, high level individuals, celebrity chefs, restaurateurs, we're talking multi-million dollar brands and such on TV, have you know, 30, 40 restaurants, all these things. A lot of them when I would ask them about their thoughts on their success, a lot of them feel like they haven't arrived, that they're not successful. And it was an eye opener to me, and I hope to our audience as well, that I ref I'll, I'll reflect back on a Les Brown quote where he says, never feel satisfied. These high level individuals weren't satisfied in no matter the levels of success that they've received or achieved, I should say, they're still hungry every single day, getting up, working on that next thing and that next goal and pushing and pushing like they haven't made it yet. And I thought that was very, very interesting. I was expecting something different. And that perception that I had was absolutely, was shattered. And I thought that was very interesting. Uh, 
you know, another thing that I learned is that these, a lot of the individuals, the high level individuals, they understand food on a deep level and in menu design and creation and food cost and things, but they also really understand fundamental business strategy. You know, the, the principles that I reflect on when I uh, attained an MBA, they, they understand those principles. They understand marketing on a deeper level. They understand strategy and innovation and R&D and how to, how to push the ball forward and leading and fostering um, a good culture for their employees to work at a high level. That was another thing that I had a perception that some of them may rely very heavily on business partners, but that perception was shattered. A lot of them really understand that on a deeper level. And it's, and it's something I hope that our audience really pulls from and it encourages them to learn some business strategy and, and some of those fundamental principles in business on a deeper level to help them in their success. Excellent. Yeah, I took down a couple notes there. So that is interesting. The fact of being not being satisfied with your success and still staying hungry is an interesting call out. And you do see that across industries, the people that continue success, uh, they just keep pushing and pushing and not thinking they're there yet or I'm halfway there. And meanwhile, everyone else is looking up, man, you're at the top. What's, you know, what's going on? So that's an interesting call out. And then absolutely the people that are successful, they know how to wear a lot of hats. They know how to do it successfully. Because in this business, uh, our, you know, the quote is it's you know, a business of a thousand details because it absolutely is. And the people that are effective know how to do each one. So um, I think those are great. Now, you, you come from a background that knows a lot about chefs and chefs getting started and you're talking with chefs. But let's go to the, to the people that are in the early part of their career. Maybe they've just graduated from school or they've come up through some restaurants and now they're ready to take a next leap of some sort. So let's talk about aspiring chefs. What would you kind of identify as one or two hot button issues or topics or, or, or ways to grow your career for those aspiring chefs? You know, I'll reflect back on my time when I was in culinary education and I was in culinary education for almost a decade, almost 10 years. And we would see individuals, students start school and they had this idea of what their career was going to look like whether it was going to be a restaurant, they were going to be a personal chef, they were going to open a f or start a food truck, whatever it's going to be, they had an idea. When they got out of school, the actuality of how their career began to unfold was very different from the idea that they had. And there was this tension that they had to wrestle with to accept the reality, what it is, versus what their idea was when they first started culinary education. And in, in that acceptance of that reality um, was where their career, their growth would begin. And I've seen a lot of people wrestle with this, a lot of aspiring chefs wrestle with this, that they, they, they get out or they get to a certain level and they want to do their own thing. They want to cook their food. They want to put their stamp on it. They don't want to be cooking someone else's food perpetually. And so they wrestle with this tension of what they want to do versus where they're at right now. And, and, and I think that's one of the greatest hot buttons, as you put it, for them that they wrestle with. And, and if they can just 
make this mental shift that they accept where they're at right now and they use everything that they're going through at this moment and they, they, they become a sponge and they start learning and becoming eager and curious as opposed to just having this wall and having this tension, they're going to get farther faster. They will eventually reach that level that they want to reach. So that's, that's one of the things that I've seen time and time again in the industry and especially coming out of culinary education. That's very interesting. I think it was just yesterday I read an article that reminds me of this topic because it was a feature about four people that were successful and how they got there. And one of the gentlemen in his thing says, um, his advice is don't go to school. Go be a dishwasher. Go be a host. Just start. Just learn. Just do. Just don't have a preconceived notion. Just, just do. And if you love it and you find the business, you'll eventually find your path. Uh, which was interesting because people come from every single different direction, including going to the fancy schools and going into, uh, into that. So any, any thought on that, you know, school, not school, any trajectory, right? Is there any right answer? What do you think? Absolutely. So I think culinary school is needed and culinary school is not needed all at the <laughs> same time. And it's a contradictory statement, but let me explain. I live by the principle that almost everything is situational, that it depends on so many factors for that particular individual that's evaluating whether they should go to school or not go to school. So for someone that is, that is thinking of going to school, they, they have so many questions they have to ask themselves before they embark on that journey. And in that discovery, school might not be necessary. So the individual that gave that advice that, that he, they, he or she, whoever it was, they said, do not go to school, I agree. And that is the case for a lot of individuals. They do not need a culinary education to get started, to see if this is something that they want to invest a decade or two of their life into. They don't need to spend that money. They don't need to go through all of that. They can get on the job training they can, they can work the different positions and they can get to the same place that someone will get if they do have a culinary degree in most cases. But then there's situations like if somebody doesn't want to do their own thing and they want to work for a company and that company has a standard in place that in order to be an executive chef or sous chef or some sort of leadership role, they require a degree of some sort and in a lot of cases, some sort of hospitality or culinary or culinary management degree. Now, that person that is faced with that scenario, they may have wished that they would have gone to culinary school and culinary school makes sense, right? So again, it's so situational to that person. That person that is evaluating that decision has to do self-discovery and see, is it worth the time, energy, and money? Can they get to that place that they want to go without doing it? How can they do it? And then it comes down to do they want to invest that time? Do they want, to, they want to expedite things? Because in a lot of cases, culinary school and school or education in general, it, it, it's, it's an expedited way to get to a place that you want to go. But you got to pay money for it. You got to invest in it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. The, the, the phrase of, uh, I, didn't use, I didn't use any algebra today either comes to mind, right? You know, all the <laughs> things we learn in school that we don't end up necessarily needing, but, but they're important. So let's, let's, let's move on and go to... Um, social mobile, which I think is fascinating where we are in the restaurant today. So you are doing a digital magazine. You do a podcast as well. Um, very active on the social platforms. What is your take 
uh, on those things, specifically as it relates to, let's say, Facebook and um, Instagram and video for restaurants. These days, this landscape, the marketing that we're in, what do you think is some, some tips, some tools, some things that our folks are doing well with these platforms? You know, for, for the person listening to this, perhaps, that is, that is thinking of incorporating these things, we'll just do it from that vantage point first. Number one, I find that it's completely overwhelming. Personally, I find that it's completely overwhelming. Also, to the people that I speak with, they also find it completely overwhelming. I talk with agencies who we work with, and they even, their heads are spinning trying to keep up with things, and they're the experts that are executing campaigns and getting brands out there, right? So number one, if it appears overwhelming and it seems overwhelming, likely it is, and just accept that that's the, that's the case. But number two, I think anyone that's incorporating these things, they have to have a strategy in place for their business. They have to understand what they're trying to accomplish. And in that plan, that will dictate which type of social, mobile, or digital strategy is going to be relevant to their business. For the individuals that do not do that, their heads are going to spin, they're going to see other companies, brands, doing things that they think they should try, and they're just going to spin themselves in a circle because it, some of the things that they try may not even be in alignment with what they're going after or what will help their business in general. I've seen multi-million dollar brands that have a Facebook page that has like 100 likes and they stopped doing postings years ago because it just doesn't make sense for them. <laughs> but yet, some people have a perception that that is needed and it's an absolute for any business and that's just not the case. So my advice is you really got to look at your business, what you're trying to accomplish, the strategy, the plan, and then use these tools one by one as a means to be able to accomplish the goals that you have for your business. And let me just say again, one by one. One of the biggest mistakes that I see with people is that they try too many things at once and then now they, they, they bite off more they can chew, they get into that overwhelming state and then they just give up. You try one of the platforms that you've identified, test, see if it works, change some things, test again, move on to another one perhaps, try it one by one instead of trying to, you know, instead of biting off more than you can chew. So that's just, again, that's kind of answering from one specific vantage point, but we can change the context as well. Sure. I think, well, well, let's hit on it a little bit more because uh, it is overwhelming. You can literally go through uh, five platforms very fast that are important, and then there's another 50 that you can get involved in. So that, that part of it is, is overwhelming for sure. Um, if I'm a restaurant owner, I bet today I'm getting, I'm getting four emails from four different digital uh, mobile ordering platforms that all want me to be on their platform. Uh, they all want different percentages. They all work different way. And, and every restaurant owner knows that takeout and mobile ordering is big. So that's, that's another thing that is, that is, that's kind of crazy coming at you. Um, uh, what's going on on Facebook is, is changes every day. So you, what may have worked may not work now. So, so I wrote down a couple things. It's, it's fragmented for sure because your audience is now in multiple places. And so one of the things that I, that I think is interesting is 
do as many things as you can. Uh, but you're, but I like your counterpoint of you, you're not going to be able to do them all and you're not going to be effective in them all. So do them one by one. Uh, but don't give up on any particular platform because it didn't work because you did one post and you got three likes and you keep checking it and you're like, why are people not liking me? You know, don't take it personally. It takes a while to build those, uh, those numbers up, especially now where a lot of brands are already built up and now you feel kind of guilty that you only have a hundred followers. So you're like, Oh, I'm going to give up. Um, what do you think? Any more there? Any more to layer on? Um, have you seen people do something that's successful? Is it uh, Facebook doing a Facebook live video? Oh, everybody thought that was neat. Taking Q&A, doing mobile ordering. Uh, what are some, what's some more you could layer on? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I could offer in terms of a tip is, is spying on competitors, right? And doing it ethically and legally. And what I mean by this is there are tools out there that in, in uh, one of them is Ad, Ex Ad Espresso. I think it's by Hootsuite. You can actually plug in a company. And then if the company executed any Facebook marketing campaigns, you can see the picture they used, in some cases, the targeting, the copy that they put, how much it was liked or shared. You know, the only thing that you can't see is how much business they got from it, right? So it could be that they're getting vanity metrics and it's not moving the needle from a business standpoint. And I would, I always suggest people being careful that don't get so caught up in vanity metrics. You may have a thousand likes on something, but you don't make a single dollar from it. And is it really worth it at that, that, that standpoint? You know, so you got to kind of look at that stuff. But anyway, Ad Express, so you can, you can look at what some of the competitors are doing. So if you're a restaurant and there's another restaurant that seems to be just absolutely killing it around you, you can see if they are executing Facebook campaigns, the types of digital marketing that they're doing, the copy, the pictures, and you can get ideas and you can use that as a jumping off point so that you're just not starting from scratch. Now you can take a similar picture, similar copy, similar positioning, then you can start doing perhaps a similar targeting and then pushing it out there. And again, you would hope that the person that you're spying on has had some sort of strategy and thought process into the ads that they're running that again, you're starting at a higher level as opposed from scratch. Good. Absolutely. All right. So I'll, I'll get with you and we'll make sure we find the link for folks for that to put it in the, the show notes or the page where this is, because that does sound like a good tool for folks to use. All right, Sean, as we begin to wrap up, I'm going to ask you to share uh, whether it's a book that you liked, um, a quote that you like, or a mentor or a role model. What kind of motivates you? Where do you get your, whether it's philosophy or, or thinking? What do you think? Yeah, so there's one that hit me really hard, and I read it from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, and he talked about a quote that he saw in a book, and I think it was later then attributed to Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. So it was, between stimuli and response, there's a space, and in that space is our ability to choose our response, and in our response is our growth and our freedom. And for me, me as an individual, I was one that I, I really like to be excellent in everything that I do. I push forward. Sometimes I'm a bit of a brute when I push forward and I've got blinders on. And even growing up, I had a little bit of a hot head at times, right? A little bit of an ego. And 
what I didn't realize was that the things that come at you, life in general, whether it's someone cuts you off on the road, whether it's a customer that rants about bad service or they don't like your product or for restaurants or food, that's a stimuli. And there's a fraction of a second sometimes that you can choose your response. You can be angry, you can be complacent, whatever it's going to be, you have the ability to choose your response. And that response that you choose is going to dictate how successful you are both in business and in life. And when I really truly understood that concept and I started paying attention to how I responded, I call it my auto responder because when someone cut me off, you better believe that bird was going up, the window was going down, I'm going next to them, what the heck, my hands are going up. My autoresponder, once I started controlling my autoresponder in every situation that I was in, in life and business, my success, what I started to achieve began to change. My happiness began to change. My growth began to change and exponentially in a lot of respects. So awesome. eight, seven habits of highly effective people, man's search for meaning. That was the quote. Two other ones that I absolutely love are think and grow rich and um, how to win friends and influence people fundamentals with understanding human behavior, how to get along with people, which people are customers a lot of times as well. So uh, two, a couple of very good books right there that helped really shape my mentality. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it. I think I have all, I have all three of those back there somewhere. Uh, those are all three excellent, excellent uh, things that you should read. The one that throws me off is uh, how to win friends and influence people. If you read that as a, as the title of a book, you go, it's so darn hokey that I'm not going to read it, but Get over that. It's one of the best books you can ever read. And it is, it is hokey to read it, but you'll read it and you'll go, oh man, everything in there is absolutely dead on. And it was written years and years and I think 50, 60, 70 years ago. It is absolutely. perfect. That, that's a great one for sure. I appreciate that. This was very fun. Where should folks go to learn more about Entrepreneurial Chef? So they can type in, which, which we've joked about being the worst name ever, which is entrepreneurialchef.com. Um, and we'll provide you all with a specific link and a code that uh, anyone that's listening can get a free annual subscription to Entrepreneurial Chef. And then from there, you just sign up, download the app, and you have it in the, uh, on your phone. But entrepreneurialchef.com, that's where you can go to see our platform. Excellent. And hey, and hit people with your Facebook because I know you're active there as well. Absolutely. Yep. Facebook.com forward slash entrepreneurial chef. And the same thing for Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash entrepreneurial chef or at entrepreneurial chef. Uh, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, dude, you just happen to pick a word that, that no one on the planet knows how to spell, probably including yourself. I bet you type it in. <laughs> oh, for, absolutely. Absolutely. You better, you better believe I have autocorrect for sure. I rely on. So folks, just, just Google that. You will find them for sure. His content is unbelievable and you have to take a look at it. So thanks, Sean. Uh, that was Sean Werner, founder and publisher of Entrepreneurial Chef. You can check them out on the web at entrepreneurialchef.com. For more great marketing operations, service, people, and tech tips, stay tuned to us at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time.